gentlemen, boys and girls. It's your boys lock down. It's a post Christmas weekday episode, special edition of the Lockdown Podcast. That how's everybody's all- Christmas this year? How's, how's your Christmas this year? It was dope. I was pretty good. Relaxing. Yeah, quiet. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I ate way too much food. Three good. Yeah, it's it not good. <laughs> it was a, a very filling, filling Christmas. Oh yeah. Um, speaking of filling, we have a stacked episode today. Yeah. Uh, a lot of football to talk about today. Oh yeah. Uh, Week 17 is upon us this weekend. No Saturday games, Thursday night games, or Monday night games, just all on Sunday. Um, and the college football playoffs are also on Saturday. So we, we're we not going to wait it out anymore. I have a lot to do. But before we get into Week 17 or the college football playoffs, we have some breaking news from around the NFL. Uh, announced this morning, today is also Thursday, December 27th, announced this morning, uh, the Miami Dolphins are reportedly prepared to move on from quarterback Ryan Tannehill following the 2018 season, according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Uh, going a little deeper into it financially, parting ways with Tannehill would provide the Dolphins with significant savings since he is set to make around $19 million in each of the next two seasons. He also has a cap hit of $26.6 million next year. Guys, what is the significance of this Tannehill departure, potentially? It's huge because now they can go out and mortgage their future on another quarterback, which is what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they have they have a lot of picks and they have a lot of pieces they can move to get a good draft pick. I think there is a franchise altering quarterback in this draft. A lot of people don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think Dwayne Haskins can be that guy. Um, and I'd love to see him go to Miami. But also, he can hold off a year, maybe tank. Get to a next year. I'm just saying, I'd like yeah. to do that as a Dolphins fan. Is Haskins staying, or is he actually declaring to Haskins the draft? He's declaring. He's he is okay. okay. And the uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but Oregon's quarterback Justin uh, Herbert. Justin he's Herbert returning he, for a senior, he's returning season. For senior year. Yeah. So, and he's not even. I mean, Matt Miller from Bleacher Report said this morning that he's still not even the number one pick next year either. So the draft class next year is a lot deeper than this year. I mean, honestly, um, so. this this year we're just looking at pretty much Dwayne Haskins and Drew Locke. I think yeah. those are the only two guys that have really a future. Right. I, right. I think Will yeah. Greer can come out. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I haven't been too impressed with him this Isn't year. Isn't he so. like a fifth year senior or something? Oh yeah, yes, you're right. I think he is coming <laughs> he out. Transfer, yeah. he, he transferred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's really good. Yeah, he's good, but he struggled this year at times. Right. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Yeah. I I, th- I think I think it'd be smart for Tannehill to go, but I don't know. I mean. I, I wouldn't be against him staying one more year and then waiting until next year's draft for Miami to get a quarterback. Um, but I could, I think that they should go young. It's they got to change something because <laughs> it it's consistently decent yeah. or bad. It is unfortunate because he, uh, they got interviewed this morning and he said, "I definitely see myself as a Miami Dolphin for the rest of my career." <laughs> this was after this announcement that they're prepared. They're pre- they never said they are moving on, but they're prepared to move on. So. Yeah. Not, not they're playing the Bills tomorrow, so I wouldn't even say or on Sunday. I mean, so I wouldn't even say that's an audition game for him. But the Bills defense is not the easiest at times. Yeah, no. So they especially under tough. yeah, look at him last week against the Patriots. Brady, yeah. I don't know, he was horrible against them. I don't know how many picks he threw, but <laughs> Brady's been horrible the past like six or seven weeks. But um, honestly, 
the, Tannehill can stay on the Dolphins. That's mm-hmm. fine. If you're, if you're prepared to be a backup quarterback, I'm cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Brock Osweiler? Okay, no, okay, no. But, <laughs> you know. Um, in other news, uh, the Green Bay Packers, are a, a source from the Milwaukee Journal, Senate today, or this week, on Wednesday, reported that uh, the Packers have interviewed former Indianapolis Colts head coach Chuck Pagano for the head coaching vacancy. Uh, and earlier in the week, Jim Caldwell was also interviewed by the Packers. Uh, and this is um, the beginning of the Packers quarterback hunt. I'm sorry, head coaching hunt. Um, uh, they, they've already announced that they're speculating another, at least another 10 head coaches that they're going to interview from all across the football spectrum. Uh, I, I mean, Chuck Pagano and Jim Caldwell, I mean, Pagano filled in for Caldwell after he, was he released or did he leave, retire? I, don't I think remember. they fired him. They fired him. Yeah. yeah he, he took in the roles and Pagano has a, he has a winning record as uh, the Colts head coach when he was there. Pretty sure at least. Um, I don't know. To be honest, when I first saw the news, I was just kind of like, eh, like yeah, right. yeah. nothing special. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm glad it's really early on and this isn't like the eighth or ninth head coach that they've, interviewed yeah because it's just like but and the first thing i think of i don't know about you guys i'll let you take over here in a second i i the first thing i thought of when i saw this was are you going to be able to work with aaron Rodgers? right and i'm kind of like no <laughs> like and for both of those and i don't know what are your thoughts on that yeah that's the first thing that came to mind for me you got to get a coach that's going to mesh with aaron Rodgers because he's your main focal point on that team so I mean, they they were they worked well with, with uh, I think they both worked with Peyton and Andrew Luck. I'm not sure if they Jim did. Jim Caldwell but... was with Peyton, and then Chuck Pagano came in when they had that garbage season when Peyton got hurt. Oh, okay. Well, so then Pagano he... worked with Luck. Okay. Well, and they both worked well with the quarterback. So I don't know. They they, they kind of surprised me that, like that they were interviewing, but they're good coaches. So I don't know. What do you think, man? Yeah, I, I like Caldwell more than I like. Um... More than I like Pagano. I'm not a big fan of Pagano. I know he like he got that big thing because he like beat cancer, but as yeah. a coach, I don't. I, if he hadn't have like had that big storyline with cancer, what was his? I think Bruce Arians. Right. A lot of Colts fans was basic. A lot of Colts fans wanted him to take the job instead of going to Arizona, where he ended up going and coaching for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to go there, and then obviously that didn't happen. But I don't know. Now, I'm, they, not a, I'm not a big Chuck Pagano guy. Are they better off getting a defensive-minded head coach or an offensive-minded? Uh, uh, mm. uh, it's kind of tough. tough. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, I think you have to go with an offensive-minded guy because you have to have a guy who's willing to sit with Aaron you know, on Saturdays where you have a trusted defensive coordinator and a trusted offensive coordinator. You have to have a coach that on Fridays and Saturdays can sit down with Aaron you know, game plan and do all that good stuff. So I think you got to find an offensive guy. I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they keep Joe Philbin or not. I kind of think they would, but I don't know. I don't know what his relationship is with Aaron. If they have a good relationship, then I don't see depends what on the head coach too. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's so we'll see what happens as that continues. I'm sure we'll get many more updates on that as the off season goes on and with green Bay season ending this week, unfortunately, well, actually probably actually fortunately, because oh, I don't want to all of our teams. The playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So wrapping up the news, this is, this is more sad. I was pretty upset to see this. I'm sure Chris was way more upset than I was. 
Uh, per Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, Philip Lindsay potentially suffered a scapoid fracture and ligament damage that could lead to a lengthy recovery depending on the results of additional testing. Um, he's expected to be out for three to four months once he undergoes the surgery for it, and that, that also takes him out of the Pro Bowl, uh, which he was such a feel-good story all season that to watch this kid come in and just like kind of come out of nowhere and blow it up on the rushing game, which was something that the Broncos needed help with walking into the season kind of unexpectedly. Um, man, that broke my heart to see that. I feel, I mean, luckily yeah. it's early in his career, so and he it, it is a recoverable injury. Yeah. He will come back from it, but still, like, you got to know that that wrecked him when he got the news on this. Oh, I'm sure. It was, I, I, I was, like, so excited to see him, uh, like, watch him in the Pro Bowl, you know. Um, but... I'm sure he's got some more to come if he keeps playing like he did this year. Um, but he's he's quickly become like one of my favorite players to watch. He's just like a little dude who thinks he's like six five, two fifty out there. He's like the, such a tough guy. It's just and he's like faster than everybody on on the field. And he's he just came out of nowhere because when he he didn't get drafted at all. And when he got he was like really pissed off from the Broncos for not actually drafting him over a guy in the seventh round who had like no rushing yards in his career with yeah. Arkansas. Wow. And then he, he called, when he got the call from Vance Joseph and John Elway, he was like, just be ready when I come in. I'm going to be your starting running back by the end of the season or by the start of the season. Awesome. And look where he is now. Pro nice. bowler, starting running back. It's Yeah, it's pretty cool. Love the confidence, but he wouldn't say that if they actually had a competent running back there <laughs> beforehand. But yeah, <laughs> Love the confidence, though. It's great. Yeah. So, it's, so what are you saying about him? Nothing. <laughs> okay. I I like the confidence. I was just saying <laughs> that they had a competent running back because the Denver organization is kind of bad. You know, John Elway, other than getting Peyton Manning and getting really lucky in drafts when he first got there, really has not done a great job with that team. Um, he had a good draft this past year, but it was the first one in a little bit. So yeah. I mean, I mean, we'll see what he can do in the future, but. You just think a guy like John Elway would understand. You don't give a guy like Case Keenum all that money. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's rough. But. Agreed. Well, we need a new QB. Yeah, you do. Really and a coach. Should have went and got Brock Osweiler, dude. <laughs> you lost your chance on him, dude. You you had your opportunity. Dude. Had it. Especially in Brocktober, man. That, that's man, I'd rather have Tannehill brutal. over in the Bron uh, with the Broncos than Keenum at this point. So. Can we talk about how Josh Johnson came in for the Redskins and like looked actually kind of good after not playing for like over five years? <laughs> and how Mark Sanchez looks like a he looked awesome quarterback. <laughs> Mark Sanchez doesn't even care. Know, he's just terrible. He's just getting paid. He doesn't care. Yeah, true. He's more of a tourist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. that's cool, right? You just go to a bunch of different teams, see the sights, go to all the best restaurants, get paid a yeah. million dollars a year. That's pretty cool. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. So that's it for the news this week. Um, yeah, well, let's let's get a move on it with this. We got a lot to cover here. Um, so we're gonna start with the AFC for our Week 17 extravaganza. Um, so here's what we know: the Chiefs and the Chargers clinched the playoff berth. The Patriots have the AFC East. The Texans also clinched a playoff berth. Besides the East, none of the other divisions have been won. 
walking into week 17, if Baltimore beats Cleveland, which is a very interesting one o'clock matchup, probably the only really interesting one o'clock matchup. Um, if, if Baltimore beats Cleveland, they eliminate Pittsburgh from the playoffs. The interesting thing about this, and I'll hand it off to you guys here, the very interesting thing about this Cleveland-Baltimore matchup is if it were any other year, it'd be like, all right, this is an obvious Baltimore win, right? But we're talking about Baker Mayfield right now. Oh, yeah. Baker Mayfield could single-handedly eliminate his rival in the Baltimore Ravens from playoff contention. All right, come on now. And what? listen, listen. When we're looking at the grand scheme of things, Baltimore is going to win this game. It's obvious. Their defense is way too good against Cleveland. But I have a really hard time doubting Baker Mayfield. Because he's – he could – listen, there's a lot – like, they already have a lot of momentum going into next season. Like, if they brought in um, – who's their head coach? Greg Williams, right? Right, yeah. If they brought in Greg Williams early, if he took the head coaching role earlier on, they could probably be in contention to win an AFC North right now. They'd be in that in the title hunt. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, logistically, this is going to be the Ravens' game to lose, and Pittsburgh is out of the playoffs. But I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about this matchup? So, okay, I agree with everything you just said, but let's stop saying Baker Mayfield can do it on his own. Oh, he's averaging over two turnovers a game. Okay, he's not doing it on his own. The defense is playing great. Nick Chubb is blowing it up as a rookie. He's only played in like yeah. 11 games, and he's already broken every Browns rookie rushing record. Like, in 11 games, yeah. <laughs> Jarvis Landry threw a 65-yard touchdown pass yesterday, last week. That was awesome. <laughs> was so dope. <laughs> like, the team is playing great football. It's not just Baker Mayfield. He's yeah. playing great for a rookie. I definitely think he – I think he should win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Him and Lamar, I think, are up there because Lamar's really been playing great too. But I don't know. The Browns team is playing great. I think they can win the game. But the big thing about the Ravens, though, is that teams don't really understand how to play them now that Lamar Jackson's throwing the football. Because against the Chargers, he he made a couple great passes, including mm -hmm. a throw in the zone, which uh, kind of blew the game open. But I don't know. This Ravens team is good. I still think the Ravens are going to win. I'm yeah. thinking them the game they're, they're, dude the ravens they got an old school style now and then i'm real dude i think the ravens may be able to win the super bowl like they're that good yeah they had the best defense in the league right now yeah and a run a run game that you pretty much can't stop it's like they don't even have that great of running back like was it gus edwards i guess that's their starter he's been killed but they're gus, still bro. really good yeah. they're still killing it and Lamar Jackson gets like what eighty or ninety rushing yards a game for a quarterback. It's insane. Yeah. It's like the next Michael Vick, but maybe better. I I love what they're doing with the like the Baltimore defense is already really good, but ever since Lamar came in, it's like it changed. It's like when Nick Foles came in, like for the Eagles, everything just changed. They're like, all right, now let's go. Let's like do this. Spark. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. It's yeah. so dope. Um, let's see. So, so we think. Uh, the Ravens will clinch the AFC North on Sunday. Yeah. It's almost yeah, inevitable. I think, I think Pittsburgh will still win against Cincinnati, but yeah. they'll still get knocked out. Can't believe um, it. They were it matter. two and one. Yeah. One it's, now they're it's, out. It's amazing. It's I mean, it's, it's every any given Sunday, you know, you never know what's gonna happen with this. I love it. That's why I love the NFL so much. Um, real quick real quick before we yeah. move on. Um Mike Tomlin's status. We're all assuming the Pittsburgh the Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs. Mm. 
do you think the Steelers make any big changes to try to like salvage the end of Ben's career? Or do you think they're just going to pretty much ride out the wave until Ben retires? What do you guys think? I would think that they'd ride out the wave till he retires. I don't know. I, I, I think Mike Tomlin's still a good coach. I do too. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's one of the better ones in the league. So, and Big Ben, Big Ben probably has what, what two or three years left in him. Yeah, I Maybe think so. Not. Yeah, probably two. Yeah. I yeah. think it's it's right more it issue of if you're looking at it to answer with a question, it's do we have a Mike Tomlin issue or a Ben Roethlisberger issue, and or in the way that he's being, the way that I feel like they're game planning, it's the same way they game planned five or six years ago, and he's just he's just gotten older and he can't move around the same way he used to, but. I, if if you kind of give Ben Roethlisberger, if you give him the uh, put the ball in his hands and say just go do what you want to do, he tore up New Orleans secondary last yeah, week. Yeah, he did. Like they they dropped the run game because it wasn't working, and I feel like Ben was just like, let's just see what happens, and he absolutely tore up an already flawed New Orleans secondary, which I think yeah, is. But- We'll talk about it later. I think it's really going to hurt them later in the playoffs. Um, they need help from their defense. They do. Anything. They're right there with the Chiefs. I'm not the worried Chiefs. about their offense. Well, the defense the Saints' run defense is still pretty good. I mean, yeah. they, they can stop the run, but the problem is once you get into that shootout mentality, they can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. When, they, when you're just throwing and passing and passing, they can't, they can't stop anybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, I, the Steelers will be fine. The next year will be another we'll see what happens type of year for them. Um, so moving on, let's talk about that. We just kind of talked about it for a second. Let's talk about the Chiefs really quick. Um, they play... Who do they play this week? They play uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. They're going to have to lose the Raiders, dude. Dude, listen. Yeah, no, it's it's bad, dude. They have one of the worst secondaries in, in football. It's so bad. Like, and, and they have the most penalties in the entire league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I noticed about the Chiefs. Who, who was the team they played last week? The Chiefs. Um, oh, the Seahawks. This is this is that, and they lost to Seattle. This is what I noticed about, um, and this I think this is more so talking about a combination of Russell Wilson's game managing and just how bad the Chiefs look as a whole right now. Also, offensively, if you give Mahomes the ball, he's going to produce like in some way, shape, or form. He's going to get the ball down the field, whether it looks like a field goal or a touchdown. He's going to produce because he's just that good. What? What Pete Carroll did on uh, Sunday was they played keep away with the offense. And as long as you keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, you're going to be fine. And you just run. They they ran, I think it was 210 yards on Kansas City's defense. Teams all season, the Patriots did it. Other teams have done it. They passed all over their secondary. All over. Tore them up. This is going to be an issue. They should be fine against Oakland. I think they'll be fine. This is going to be an issue in the playoffs where – you get some real this is an issue that I didn't want to come to grips with until recently because I thought Mahomes is the guy. He's gonna win MVP, he's gonna lead him probably a Super Bowl run. I don't know, I'm not so confident in that anymore. Be just because of their defense. What are, what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean well, the reason why nobody thought about it is because they were they kept winning games. Yeah. So up until recently they were, you know, they had one loss. And that loss was in Gillette to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So nobody was really worried about them. What are the, what's the record now? They've lost what three games? They're eleven and four. Yeah, they lost three games in like their past right. five. I think I saw. Right. Um. Yeah. No, I'm real worried about this Chiefs team. And like I said about Andy Reid a couple weeks ago, man, this is what happens. 
They'll blow you out of the park offensively, but defense on special teams and coaching, they lose all of those aspects of the game and you get to the playoffs. And those are the most important aspects of the game. And mm-hmm. that's how they ended up losing. And that's what's going to happen this year. Again, probably to the Pats again, because even though the, even though the Pats are worse this year, they can still beat the Chiefs. Yeah, like this Chiefs can. team isn't very good except for Patrick Mahomes and that offense. All right, you got to be good in all three phases to make the make a run in the, uh, for the Super Bowl, and yeah. they just don't have a defense. The special yeah. teams is good, their offense is good, and they're missing one. It's it's unfortunate. So we'll we'll see what happens. Again, they should theoretically be fine against Oakland. If if where are they number one or? T- Two in the AFC right now. Kansas City's number one. Okay, and the, the Patriots are, are ten and five or eleven and four. Ten and five. Okay, so and so they'd have the tiebreaker if they lose. If, and and uh, actually, so let's do this. Well, so, um, New England. We'll talk. Let's talk about the Patriots for a second. So, New England. Uh, they play the Jets this week. Right. Um, so they win, win that game. A win. And let's a loss to Kansas City and a win for New England to put New England as a number one seed and home field advantage. Uh, pretty much the Patriots control their destiny right now as far as getting home field, which so many for so like weeks and weeks, we were convinced, maybe not us as a whole, but just in the football cognoscenti, the general, uh, were convinced this is the year the Patriots finally have to play a wild card game. And the year they finally, this might be it. This is finally the year we don't see the Pats in the Super Bowl. It's probably going to be the same time we're going to see them in the Super Bowl again. I hope not. Well, the Texans blew it, man. The Texans had yep. it. The Texans were in control of their own destiny. And they went and they lost last mm-hmm. week. The Dolphins they, even helped them out with the Miami Miracle. and then Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Texans got a lot of help this year. And I don't know whether it was Deshaun. Yeah. I mean, that that secondary got destroyed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah, New England – it, like they get a first round bye with just a win, and then they yeah, can get home filled with a win. And if the Chiefs and the Chargers lose, which that's not going to happen, right? Yeah, but yeah, they're getting the first round bye. So just, even you know. so, with the Patriots, the a few things that I've noticed, Gronk is no longer the mismatch that he used to be, uh, which does it, it does hurt their offense and the loss of Josh Gordon, um, which that's uh, yeah, so that that does hurt. Their offense a lot. Tom Brady, as we as Matt mentioned earlier, has been playing poorly this year, um, to to his standards at least. Yeah, um, has been. Um, he last week he completed just over half of his passes and threw a pair of interceptions. Um, do you like it, it's so it's so hard to talk crap about the Patriots and start to talk about their downfall because they always find a way to come back, and I don't yeah. don't think we're we can ever say oh even with their, some of the rough edges that haven't been scrubbed down even this late in the season which normally in, in december they have those rough ed- rough edges that are and they scrub it down like against teams like the jets and the bills and the dolphins in december and they but right now they're looking kind of rough do you think this is just another extreme we're going to see from the patriots but they'll find a way to work it out in the playoffs or could their uh you know rough edges be something to talk about against teams like the um like the chiefs offense or uh a, a team like indianapolis possibly that could potentially make a run with their never say die mentality like what are your thoughts on new england in the postseason i mean i mean look new england's something to talk about because robert Kraft and bill belichick are ruining tom brady's last couple years in the league yeah they have no talent around this guy 
mm-hmm. he's still playing at a pretty yeah. good level. Like he's not where he was when he beat the Fal- when they were losing to the Falcons twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl and he let him back. He's not at that level anymore, but he's still an elite quarterback. He's still you know in the top bracket of quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, and the fact that his best target is people have been kind of like people have been kind of like insulting Gronk a little bit this year. He's still a good target. You yeah. know what I mean? He's still like a top ten tight end in the NFL. Let's not get it twisted here. Um, but I mean, other than that. He has Gronk and Edelman, you know, who aren't bad, but are, you know, are good pieces. And that's it. I got a bunch of white guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, they have Sony Michelle, who's a decent running back, but he's still a rookie. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know. They're, they're really hurting. I mean, and Bill Belichick tried to move. The, I mean, he wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady and Robert Kraft were like, you got to get rid of Jimmy G. And I don't think Bill Belichick has, like, I don't think I don't think Bill Belichick has gone out of his way to make Tom's job harder, but he sure hasn't made it easier. Mm-hmm. I know that for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. we'll Go ahead. Um, during during the playoffs. It's like I mean, Belichick always finds a way to game plan around whatever's happening. You know, like so, like if Gronk's not getting open, then game plan get somebody else open because or just make him a decoy or something like that. Um, my hope is they don't go far in the playoffs, but it could be one of those years again. So, uh, well, the, the problem this year is that look, they tried to do that and they've done a bunch of trick plays in big games because that's all they can do is trick plays because if they double cover Gronk, Julian Edelman can't get like, he's not as quick as he has been in the past and he has a hard time getting open nowadays. So you double Gronk, you put your number one corner on Julian Edelman and all of a sudden now Tom has nobody to throw the ball to. Yeah. So they've been running a lot of trick plays. Josh McDaniels, man, if they had like an offensive coordinator of the year, that man should win that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, that team has no talent, and he has consistently been basically getting them to win games against pretty good defenses. Like he's had a fantastic year. But yeah, yeah, they know. they make a lot of those mediocre players look a lot better than they actually are. Yeah. <laughs> consistently. True. Um. So. Let's see. So moving on to another playoff clinching team. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Chargers that are sitting at the number five seed right now? Um, they play the Broncos at four on Sunday. Um, I believe, yeah, four. Uh, yeah. So are they locked in as a number? Yeah, they're, so they're, they clinch a spot. Yeah. yeah, They're locked in at number five, right? No, well, not necessarily. They, 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 they could win that division. They have the same record as the Chiefs. They're both 11 and four. Okay. So the the Chargers can they they can clinch the AFC West and home field advantage throughout the playoffs with a win and a Kansas City loss. They need that. Bad. They need the bye and they need because Keenan so, Allen has got to get healthy and they yeah. need the um, the home field advantage. Can if Kansas City blows it against the Raiders and the Chargers beat the Broncos, then come yeah. on, John Gruden, let's do it, Chucky. <laughs> hey man, um, hey the Raiders have been looking better lately. That's all I'm about to say about that. They're getting their crap together. Yeah, they're getting their crap together, well, man. John John's there, getting them together. There's also news that um, the the city of Oakland sued the Raiders, and now next year they have no home. <laughs> oh right, yeah, because yeah, they played their last game in the Raiders Stadium. Right. So I, I would wonder where they're going to play. I've heard that maybe the San Francisco Giants Stadium 
as a possibility. Um, Zach mentioned the San Diego Padres, I believe, their stadium. I'd wonder where they'll, they'll play, but poor franchise. Yeah. <laughs> That's a poor franchise. The Chargers, they kind of do this thing where they always try to come from behind. I think and they like it. They like being behind in the second half. <laughs> it makes fun games in the regular season. You don't want to do that in the postseason. That's no. not – because like we saw against the Ravens, you make one bad play and the game's over. The one so. thing about them, though, that I like better than the Chiefs is they actually have three phases. They have true. good offense, a really good defense, and a good special teams. I think that's gonna that would make them go further in the playoffs than the Chiefs, which yeah. they could end up beating in the playoffs. It's true. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Division, a big division rival game in the playoffs. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, speaking of division rival in the playoffs, uh, Sunday night football is going to be dope this week. Uh, we got a win or go home game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Um, so here's the thing about this game. Uh, as you know, as far as this morning on Dece- Thursday, December 27th, Marcus Mariota, uh, he got a stinger on their game against Washington. Uh, I believe it's his right side. Le- I can't remember, left or right side. It's completely numb. He doesn't feel anything on the side of his body. Blaine Gabbert looks like he's going to get the start. Um, just against the Indianapolis team, as I mentioned before, that has this never-say-die mentality. Last, they were down by the, behind the Giants last week, uh, and they just didn't give up. So, but that's also similar to the Chargers, where they also carry that mentality until it doesn't work. Where in the playoffs, you this is where you know uh, if logistics do play a role in, in the NFL playoffs. And I don't know about this Indianapolis team. I do believe they can beat Tennessee as much as Derrick Henry has been a threat on offense. Uh, with uh, when, when Mariota's out, it takes away the dual threat you know mentality of this offense. Right. Um, uh, I don't know about Blaine Gabbert, bro. I just I don't know if he if he has the <laughs> ability of of carrying an offense. He, he's been okay. Like he hasn't been terrible in his games that he's played. But I just I see Indianapolis pulling this one way. What are you, what are your guys' thoughts on it? Look, man, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> what a way for him to try to like to try to save his career, right? To 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 bring this team into the playoffs to beat the Colts and win. To actually potentially win the division because yeah. they can still win the division if the Texans lose. Um, do I think do I, if Blaine Gabbert wins, do I think the Colts win? Yes. But I called weeks ago the Titans are winning this division, and I'm not letting that go. Marcus Mariota oh. will play. They will inject Point him with all sorts of steroids. They'll inject him with all sorts of stuff in his <laughs> He'll be good to go, and they will win, and they will beat the Colts, and the Titans will get into the playoffs. Oh, there's actually a scenario that Tennessee can actually get a first round by. It's not if gonna ten- happen. If Tennessee wins, Houston loses, New England loses, and Baltimore loses, or they tie, then Tennessee will clinch the AFC South and a first round by. That'd be any crazy. Scenario, any scenario that requires a team to like, that has like an and tie. Yeah, <laughs> never happens. <laughs> like, but it's a scenario. But, right. but they'll clinch the AFC South with a Tennessee win and a Houston loss. Yeah. So mm, that's, that's crazy that Houston might lose the division. They had it like easy earlier in the year. That's they've blown it, dude. They're, oh, the yeah. combination of their their secondary 
and their uh, offensive line just giving Deshaun Watson literally no time to do anything that he could do. And they Sucks, lost to Marius for the year. They did, yeah. Oh, they did. They did, right? Well, they, I feel so bad for the Texans, man. I really do. It's, it's crashing on them. So uh, to, to wrap up the AFC, uh, who is your guys's, uh, guys's – is that even a word? Who, who, is, who are your oh, picks right. as the dark horse going into the playoffs? Oh, um, Ravens. Yeah, Ravens. I, totally. Yeah. I agree, too. Yeah, defense wins championships, baby. That's the mentality, and I love it. It's old school style of football. To me, I think I think they can go as far as the AFC Championship. I I think they could go to the Super Bowl, but yeah, I, just, I, I, I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I think they can beat the Patriots easy. That defense is yeah. nasty. Yeah. They, I don't think the Pats' offense could get much of anything. Tom Brady will make some plays, obviously, in the fourth quarter, but like scheming, you know, matching up the pieces of the teams. I don't, the Patriots don't have anything. They right. can't. They can't beat the Ravens, dude. Most likely, what's going to happen, the Ravens will probably host either the Chiefs or the Chargers, whoever ends up not winning the AFC West, yeah. which I think they could beat both of them. They already yeah. proved they could beat the the Chargers, and they almost beat the Chiefs on the road. Um, and then they that means they may go into Gillette Stadium and play the Patriots. That would be fun. That would be. Yeah, I think they could go in there and beat them. I'm all for it. Go uh, I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> this year for the playoffs because it's just so unpredictable. It's gonna be wild. I'm I'm yeah. stoked. Throughout um, the entire NFL, it's yeah. Just, there's not one team that you can pick that's like way better than everybody else. I mean, the Saints they have home field, they have a they have a better advantage. But even so, it's like they don't have a great defense, and it's like there's not one team that stands out. This yeah. it's awesome. It hasn't been so, like that in a while. On so on that note, uh, that was good AFC talk. Let's move on to the NFC and pick the up where, NFC, man. where Chris just left off. Uh, let's start with the Saints. They uh, re- they barely got by <laughs> a flawed Steelers team last week. Um, they clinched the uh, home field advantage. So the NFC runs through New Orleans as long as they're playing. Um, man, I I don't know. We oh um, the uh, I. I <laughs> the Saints, man, I, I, this is a team that I'm, I'm concerned about. Like I really am. They, they, they just, I, I don't know. They, they've been so inconsistent overall. Like going to the first half, they were dominant, and I, I can't put my finger on it. I can't put my finger. Oh, Matt just got the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys jersey for you listeners not watching. Matt just pulled out a Dak Prescott. Ah, the boys. They're making a run. The boys Ooh, are making a run. Come on. Matt, Matt's got his dark horse pick early. It's Dallas Cowboys. Come on. They're taking it all the way. Come on, baby. <laughs> Something um, wrong with you, Matt. So, Matt, I'm actually curious about your opinion. We're, we're going to get to Dallas in a second. I got some thoughts on Dallas. But, uh, yeah, the Saints have just looked inconsistent throughout the game. Like, they can't play the same way from quarter one to quarter four. Um, I don't know who to put the finger on here. I don't know who to blame if there is anybody to blame because like, like we said earlier, Pittsburgh just lit them up in the second half and it took them a while to adjust. Um, what are your, both of your guys' thoughts? What are your thoughts on the saints going into the playoffs with home field advantage in mind? I think, I think the saints are good, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's one team in the NFC that can beat the saints. 
Who's that? Oh, I'm they already some... did, baby. <laughs> <laughs> they did it once and they can do it again. Oh man, I home field for the Saints. It's like they have one of the the better home fields in the NFL. Like it's yeah. with Drew Brees in the dome, they're almost unbeatable. Yeah. But I kind of think I kind of disagree with Matt. With the the team, I think could that could go in there and beat them. I think, I think Chicago could go in there and beat them. Sure, like that. They they have a, an amazing defense. I I just have that feeling. I don't know. It's you ever get that gut feeling that someone's gonna just gonna go in there and beat them. I don't know. That's just they they have uh, a dynamic uh, run game, pass game, and a really good defense. I don't know. I just see them going in there and beating them if that happens. Yeah. What do you think, Zach? Any anybody that can go in there and beat them? The Bears are interesting. They're so they're very similar to the Ravens for me, where they arguably I think they are the, they have the best defense in the league. Um, they're just consistently dominant. Um, and I, I, I yeah, they struggled against San Francisco last week, but that's also a very like pesky team with a coach that is super underrated like I am a big Kyle Shanahan fan and he even with a roster that isn't that deep he's in with injuries that clouded his team between Jarek McKinnon and and Jimmy Garoppolo he still finds ways to be a very pesky team in for against other teams they did against the Seahawks they did against last week against Chicago he's still really unlucky (laughs) unfortunately so I've heard a lot of people talking crap about that game and I'm just like you, you you Let's not judge the Bears by that game. Not only that, but they clinched the North before in Week 15. So they walked into Week 16 and this week against Week 17 saying, I mean, let's not put all our chariots in the race right now. We, I don't blame them for that. What's interesting, though, is this week they play Minnesota. They beat Minnesota, and if Philly wins, they knock out the Vikings from the playoffs. But... If they if the not then they're not gonna allow the Vikings to win like that, especially against the, in a rival game. If Philly loses against who are they playing this week? Um, they play Washington on the they road. They're not okay. Uh, yeah, if if Philly were to lose, right, so basically, um, if Philly were to lose and Minnesota were to lose, Minnesota still gets a six seed. Yeah. Um, so that's in this. This is we'll move on to Philly next. But so it, it's. Yeah, between Minnesota and Chicago, um, it's interesting. So I'm not going to count out Chicago because of Week 16 performance. I think they're going to do great against Minnesota this week. Another thing about Minnesota is Kirk Cousin, when all eyes are on him, he he just doesn't produce. And it's really unfortunate because I love Kirk Cousins. But he... It, this, this could be a bad week for him. This could, this could be the week that knocks him out of the playoffs, which is almost inevitable. Um, I... Part of me almost like needs this to happen for for Minnesota's sake, so they can look at the, all their issues that they have. They have a lot of issues on their team. There's Philly, a slight chance that Minnesota and Chicago play each other two times in a row. Yeah, and three times in a season. That, that'd be wild, and a, a big a big plus for Chicago, who just keeps dominating them. Um, it's so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Philly, man, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Philly and then uh, Dallas next. So Philly. This is interesting because they're on a tear right now. Nick Foles, man. On a, I'm trying to tell you guys. <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all. Nick Foles is the secret. 
He's a, he's a magic for this team to work. Do you think so? Let's let's say they go into Washington and they win, which is probably going to happen. Yeah. Minnesota takes the loss. They go in as a six seed against Chicago um, in the playoffs. Ooh. Wins and losses aside, if Nick Foles has a great game and they just get beat out by a better team or they beat the better team, do you think it's time for Doug Peterson to change up the way that football is played? Where in baseball, you have your starting pitcher and you have your closer. This is just an idea I've been thinking about. Could Nick Foles be your closer in a football game? Could he be the guy you bring in later in the season when, it's, when crunch time is in or maybe later in a game? You br- Carson Wentz starts it, Foles finishes it. Is that, some, is that a possibility here? Or, or should Foles just get the starting role? I think you're looking at this the wrong way. Completely. Yeah. The way this is built, it's built – it's built more proficiently for somebody like Nick Foles, who likes to spread the ball around. He yep. likes to throw high to guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. He doesn't really zone in on any one guy. He may do that with like his number one target, but he will definitely won't do it to like a tight end, which shrinks the field. So I mean, that means you can't run the football. Sure. When you're going over the top, the defenses have to respect you, which means you can run the football. The problem with Carson is all he did was just spam Zach Ertz every single play. So the field would just be shrunk anyways. So you tried to run the ball, and the linebackers already be up because they're trying to, you know, jam Zachary to the line, so you wouldn't be able to run the football. So, it, listen, Carson is a better player, but I think he has a really big issue, and it's something that Cam has struggled with too, mm-hmm. which is that when you kind of don't see anybody open at first glance, you just kind of throw it immediately to the tight end. So is it is it a Carson Wentz issue, or is it a scheming issue, or a little it's bit little, of both? It's a little bit. I think it's both. Yeah, it's a little both. Yeah. I think Carson's a better player overall, but I think he has one big issue that kind of does hurt the team. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So you you think Philly can make a run if they get into the playoffs against Chicago? Yeah, oh, dude, yeah. they look good, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> like the team looks good. And it, it's funny because like you listen to the analysts, you listen to the you know all these people, and it, whenever Philly gets brought up, everyone's like, I, I I don't know, like I don't know. We'll just. I think it's we, inevitable that they make the playoffs. Like yeah, I just don't see the way it has going. To, it, destiny is on their side. This has yeah. to happen. <laughs> the defending champs have to get in. This doesn't make any sense if they don't without Nick Foles. I wouldn't Nick Foles. Swear if, if they get in the playoffs and they beat Dallas, I'm gonna like kill myself. <laughs> Matt, go, go ahead and tell us why why your Cowboys are the dark horses going into the playoffs. All right, here we go. So we got Dallas Cowboys, right? They got the best young rookie, not rookie, but they got the best young linebackers in the game. They got great corners. They got a great defensive line. They can stop anybody. They held Drew Brees to ten points. Come on now. Next, we got my boy, Dak Prescott. Doesn't always doesn't always show up big time in the stats, but he's an incredible leader. He leads these guys every day. He's a tough guy. He makes big plays. And we got Zeke, who's over here eating, leading the NFL in rushing yards. We got that offensive line that's starting to play good. And then we got the best wide receiver in football, Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Killing it. I, I exaggerate best receiver in football, but he is the best <laughs> route runner in football. Easily, um, easily. Yeah. Dude, he is the sweetest runner out of his breaks, man. He looks good when he's running those routes. And you know what? Maybe they won't want, maybe they won't go all the way, but they won this division. And everybody said they wouldn't win the division. They were three and five. Everybody doubted this team. And I'm not doubting the team either. I ain't doubting them at all. I'm just saying, I'll pull it up. I'll post it on our Facebook page. Joey Barry, I'm calling you out. You said I was wrong. 
I picked Dallas to win this division in the preseason. I just want you, all you haters to know that I'm right. <laughs> but I also picked the Texans to go to the Super Bowl. So that's another one of my flaws, which is still a possibility. It's any given Sunday. But I picked Dallas to win this division, so suck on it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anyway, right to the day. moving on from my soapbox. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on Matt's side. Listen, I think Dallas, their, their defense, when Dak has struggled, their defense saved them. Uh, Van Der Esch, dude, you get him an open. If, you, if you're a running back, Todd Gurley suffered, would suffer for this. Any, any big running back would suffer for that. Zeke Elliott in practice, I'm sure, suffers from this. If you get Van Der Esch in open field, you're losing that battle. Every single time, you're going to lose Every that time. battle. He's so good. I watched, uh, I think it was the NFL's Twitter account posted a video on um, on a, a Twitter this week. Like, it's just like a five-minute video of all of his tackles that in this last week. It was like a four-minute video. And every single big, big open field play he had, it was a tackle. Every single time. For at least under five yards or a loss of yards. The guy is unstoppable. He's And he's not talked about enough. Nobody's talking about this defense. And they're so dominant. The secondary came up out of nowhere when I saw this happening. But everyone doubted it. Me and Matt. Everyone doubted me and Matt. And this defense was coming. And no one believed us. And now it's happening. So um, see, is, Seattle's most likely going to be the five seed, right? Most likely? Yeah. Right, yeah. Dallas and Seattle. Ooh, That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be really in, both both teams Dallas. are hot in Dallas in Jerry's house. Which is the big thing. Yeah. Seattle on the road this year is not is objectively a bad football team. Yeah, they are. Um, they go to San Francisco and get outplayed by the Niners. You know what I mean? They're that type of team. Yeah, and they've consistently done that all year on the road. So it'll be different in playoff time, but that's I mean, that's going to be a fun one. That but two evenly matched teams. That'll be fun. It'll be yeah. close. Every every single Cowboys game ends up being close, like because mm-hmm. that's just the way they play. That's just the way they play. So it'll be a close game. Um, we'll see. Chris, any thoughts on Dallas? I I, I know you guys like them a lot. I just <laughs> just one of those I teams. Gonna say this. <laughs> I don't see them going far. I don't know. It's, it's the Cowboys. I mean, come on. <laughs> exactly, it's the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, Can't cut the I, boys out. I think they could lose in the wild card round, but they they are they have impressed me this year. They have a uh, very underrated defense, um, but um, if you if Zeke goes off and Amari Cooper goes off, I could see him going pretty far. But yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. So moving on to so their this, let's talk about the Seahawks for a minute. Um, this is a team. Yeah. Their run game. They're averaging 158 yards on the uh, on the ground a game, first in the league, total of 2,378 yards in the season. Um, we we mentioned this earlier. Something I noticed against Kansas City, it's not really saying a lot because Kansas City has a terrible defense. But when Russell Wilson plays field general, the offense succeeds. When he's forced to make big plays, when he's forced to be, just like big plays in general on on the throw, when the pocket crashes this is where you start to see the offense crumble. Um, it's so, man, against a defense like Dallas, who does Seattle play this week? They play um, the Cardinals, I think. Okay, so that's going to be – that's the worst team in the league. It'll be an easy win. They're going to run all over them. Um, so it's a good remember tune-up Remember when the Cardinals beat the Packers? Yeah, they played the Cardinals at home. Listen, this is – we're not talking about the Packers this episode. This is a playoff <laughs> conversation. We're <laughs> We're not. We're not. We're not talking about the Packers. We're, I'm. I'm really upset about that. Actually, so I'm hurt. Um, the the Cardinals are 
the second worst team in the league behind the Green Bay Packers, in front of the Green Bay Packers. Um, so they, um, that'll be a good tune-up game for Dallas, who they're most likely going to be playing. Um, yeah, the, against a, t- a defense like Dallas, man, I'm worried for Seattle because they're they're coming into the playoffs with a lot of push. They got a lot of hope, a lot of momentum. But like Matt said, when they're on the road, when they're against teams that are just all around really good, this is where you start to see him struggle. This is where you, they put all their chips on Russell, and when he doesn't produce, they crumble. So what are your thoughts? So with Chris here, because I pretty much agree with everything you just said. I mean, that's that's my opinion with the Seahawks. I don't like them on the road. I think at the home, when they can control the tempo of the game, they got the fans on their side. I think they're great. Uh, on the road, when the defense is big, you get no yards on first down. Russell throws a bad pass on second down. You know, this I don't think this team is built to win on the road, mm-hmm. but yeah. It, they're, they're a different team in the playoffs, too. Russell Wilson in the playoffs has proven that sure. he's one of the better quarterbacks there. Um, so is it, they're they're really hard to predict there. Like yeah. you just never know with with them. They they seem to be like one of those inconsistent teams that, I mean, they're more consistently good than they are bad. But right, I can yeah. I mean, I I can see them doing well on the road, but they're I mean, if you put them at home, they're almost unbeatable. Mm-hmm. With that twelfth man there. I mean the big, yeah. The big thing about them this year has been, you know. With without, I mean, they have a good defense, but they don't have they don't they, statistically and just with the eye test, they don't have the same type of defense that they used to with the Legion of Boom. Right. You know, it's good, but like it's not there. So that's why they need. You know, they think they gave Russell Wilson like a max deal. They gave him a lot of money, mm-hmm. and this is where Russell Wilson has to produce because they don't have they they frankly don't have the talent on the defensive side of the ball to beat people that way anymore. <clears throat> yeah. So they hardly have anybody on offense either. Yeah, and he just makes them good. Like, who do they have at running back? Rashad Penny hasn't shown up. Yeah. He's a first round pick. Yeah. Chris Carson's he's not bad. He's pretty he's good. He's been great. He's been playing. For but they have Doug Baldwin at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. nobody at tight end. That's it. Doug Baldwin is always yeah. And Tyler Lockett, he's he's pretty good too. But yeah, other than that, smart. other than that, they got they got those guys in no depth. Yeah. Yeah. No offensive line. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens with Seattle. Yeah. Um. Well, let's wrap up NFL talk. Uh, and our dark will Matt already very loudly told us his dark pick. Um, but, and I did too, but um, let's end with the Rams. And then we're going to move on to call it the le- big three college football games. We want to talk about this weekend. Um, the Rams. Oof. 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 Um, listen, Jared Goff has been struggling recently. He really has. He's shown a lack of confidence in the pocket. I, I don't know if that's the judge for the line, which hasn't been the worst. It's been okay, but he just hasn't been making his targets. He hasn't been hitting them. Yeah. When Todd Gurley is not producing, the offense isn't producing. Uh, because Goff, I'm, I'm not even going to say he's not being the leader. Because he, I don't think he ever was the leader, frankly. Um, right. I think Sean McVay is the leader of the offense. And that's the way, that's how they've done it all year, the last couple of years. Um, do you think the Rams are in jeopardy of getting up? Goffs. I think uh, I think they'll lose early. I I have a feeling that they they might lose in the in the divisional round. Okay. Yeah, same. I you know this team, it, the defense should be great. They try, they basically try to do something that the Broncos did back in 2015. Okay. Right. 
where yeah. you basically have a team that's focused around like your offense, but you just bring in such amazing defensive talent. Yeah. And then I think they have Wade Phillips too. Right. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's the uh-huh. same thing. It's so literally... it's the same type of scheme where yeah. like they were just like Wade Phillips and the talent of the defense is going to basically make a great defense. Mm-hmm. How's it worked? They're, they're <laughs> amazing it? on paper. Yeah. On paper, they, I mean, they have talent all over the board. Yeah. I don't but know they're why not, it has they're not playing up to it. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I guess they're it. just not meshing together. They don't have. They, I don't know. They can't guys, play up to the same schemes. Guys playing for themselves, I guess. And that's what yeah. it comes down to. I mean, you got a keep to leave and Marcus Peters and <laughs> you know. And Sue. Not, yeah. <laughs> and Sue trying to get sacks. Bowser not setting the edge, trying to get sacks, running around. Yeah. You know, you have guys aren't playing as a team, and their defense <clears> is struggling for it. And then this is another issue I had with the Rams too all year. Is they they have Todd Gurley, but they put too much of a focus, I think, on golf mm-hmm. because Sean McVay. It's it's pretty, you know what I mean. You you want your quarterback to throw for you know forty plus touchdowns and all the yards. That's what you want as a head coach, yeah. as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. So I think even when Todd Gurley was on and they were running the ball really well, they would still just like force Jared Goff and they would force the issue. And for the most of the season, the beginning of the season, it worked. Now it's not working. And you got to find ways to incorporate Todd Gurley in what you're doing because they'll go drives where they give Todd Gurley the ball once and that's yeah. it. And then they'll get <clears> the <throat> first down and then Todd Gurley will get the ball one time. And then Jared Goff will throw like three completions in a row and they'll punt. Yeah. And it's like, what? Why? <laughs> right now, it's like losing, Coop, losing Cooper Cup is looking like a really big blow to them right that now. Hurt yeah. Bad. I didn't that was, that. He was a really good slot receiver, and now they have Brandon Cooks, and that's about it. And, well, and Robert Woods. I forgot yeah, him. Robert Woods. They have, they they have, have those Jared two Cook. guys. What's that? They have Jared Cook, don't they? No, he plays for the Raiders. Oh, that's right. Gotcha. I think they have Gerald Everett. That's, his, that's their tight end. He's not bad, but... Yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah. I don't know, but Cooper Cup was one of Jared Goff's favorite targets, yeah, and then they lost him. It's hurt them, man. Uh, if, yeah. I mean, they they gotta get this first round by the Rams do. Uh, get Gurley healthy. Yeah. Get him, I mean, C.J. Anderson looked pretty good last week. For for the Rams. yeah, he looked great. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what are your thoughts, man? The backup. Why did the Panthers cut C.J. and I don't. I don't know why the Broncos Ooh. cut him either. So but, he got cut twice in a row. The dude can ball. Yeah, I know he got cut by the Broncos, then the Raiders, then the or then the Panthers, then the Raiders, and now he's with the Rams. I don't get it. It's unfortunate. Wade Phillips probably told him to sign him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> Chris, who's your dark horse in the NFC? The NFC. If the Eagles make it, I think. I mean, it's Nick Foles. I mean, come on. He's, hey, Nick, he's, man. He's, it's just like last year. It's the same thing. He he comes in for Carson Wentz at the end of the year and takes him to the Super Bowl. Why can't it happen again? Yep. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, <clears throat> but I think they could go to at least the NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I'm with Dallas. I, I'd, I'd be rooting for them. I, I, I'd like to see that happen. All right, in... in... 15 to 30 seconds, starting with Matt. What's your dream Super Bowl matchup? Go. Cowboys versus Chargers. Oh, that'd be a good one. Chris. Saints Ravens. I'm, I'm going to say Bear Ravens. I, I want a defensive led Super Bowl. Uh, great offense against great defense. I want to see it. 
I, mean, I want I want Philip to get I want Rivers to get a championship. I do too, dude. I'm no. hurting for him. <laughs> I'm, hurt. I'm hurting for Philip. He's got, he's got, he got kids, dog. He's got kids to pay for. Come he's got on. Like seven kids or whatever. Eight kids. Eight, eight kids. Is that another one? We got eight kids, dog. Give him his ring. He needs his ring. All right. <clears throat> that that was that good. Was. That's all talk. Let's uh let's wrap up the show with some college football talk. Uh yeah. we've waited a long time. It's been like three or four weeks, but the playoffs are finally here. Yep. Let's start with Clemson Notre Dame. Um, Saturday at four, um, four thirty, something like that. Four o'clock. Yep. What are your thoughts on this game? Who who do you think's pulling away with the win? We know who's going to pull away with the win, but who do you think's pulling away with the win? Why? Thoughts, Matt? Open I it up. I refuse to believe in Notre Dame. Absolutely refuse. Every single time in my entire life, I believed in Notre Dame. They've let me down. So yeah. you know what? I'm not doing it again. Clemson dominates, pull away in the fourth quarter. They win by like two or three scores. I think they win very handily. Clemson does. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it could be over 20 points that they win by even 30. I get they're, they're going to blow them out of the water. Dang. Yeah. It's going to be something like 40 to 10 or something. Almost kind of like another team should have been in that position. The team. Maybe like maybe like maybe like maybe like a team in Florida that's undefeated. <laughs> Those knights, baby. Going with the knights here, they play LSU, and what's what's the what bowl are they play in? Peach Bowl, I believe, right? Here it's uh, the Fiesta Bowl. They play in the Fiesta Bowl, bowl on is. on New Year's Day versus LSU. Yeah. Who wins that game? Uh, you know, man, I just, I just don't think LSU has anything to play for. You know what I mean? Kind of like Auburn last year. They just didn't have anything to play for. Guys didn't really play hard. So I think UCF's going to win because UCF's going to win because they're a fantastic football team. They're well coached and they're going to, and they're going to outplay LSU. That's how they're going to win. I, um, all right. So here, here's my thoughts on LSU. I'll be the devil's advocate really quick. Yeah. Uh, or LSU versus UCF, I mean. Um, this is a great matchup for both teams. I really love the matchup for both teams. The LSU defense is going to struggle without Greedy Williams. He's uh, skipping the Fiesta. Wait, no, this is the Fiesta Bowl, boys. Yeah. Not the yeah. Peach Bowl. I said, uh, did I? Whatever. Um, I thought, yeah. <laughs> my bad, my bad. So he's skipping the bowl uh, to prepare for the draft. I think it, they're going to struggle without him. Their defense is missing that big link. Um, he's been producing all season long UCF is missing Mackenzie Milton the QB one uh I am not gonna let that sway my opinion on UCF because Dariel Mack Jr while he isn't the same passer as Milton at least from what I've watched this still shouldn't hurt UCF's chances because as Matt said they're a well-rounded team they got a lot of depth I oh I don't like talking about a team's motivation and how it's UCF against everyone, but I can't discount that because that is what has pushed them this far to the conversation of this. So, look, I think I'm ex- I'm almost excited. I'm almost. I'm very excited to be rooting for UCF because this win should boost them into the conversation of all right. Where do we put them with the other top teams in the league? How do we give them a, a harder schedule? When will they start accepting harder games? Because uh, I know they denied Florida a two for two for one or something like that. Um, I don't know. So I'm excited for this game. 
I have UCF 38, LSU 31. I think it'll be tight. Um, and then for my Clemson Notre Dame pick, uh, make to make it short, um, Trevor Lawrence, bro. He has done it all season. He's going to drive the offense for Clemson, uh, that he's the real threat for them. Clemson secondary is an issue. I think that Ian Book, he's been a beast too. He's been great since taking over for Brandon Wimbush. Um, uh, that I think he, he will at times tear up Clemson secondary, but it's still the same Clemson team that we've known and loved for years. Um, it's so Lawrence, he's the muscle behind the offense. I think that Clemson's going to win. It's not going to be easy, but Clemson is going to win this matchup. Uh, I'll say 35-24. Um, they'll pull it out in the end, the second half. Uh, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm ex- actually really excited for Clemson-Notre Dame. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, – what did you not make your pick on yet? Uh, I didn't make the pick on the LSU-UCF game. I think UCF will win a close one. I, I think they have like a nothing-to-lose mentality. Because yeah. everyone, everyone's against them. But they might win their second national championship in, in a row. Well, listen. In their eyes. <laughs> no, no this isn't going to be that. No. I mean, my friend Joey made a good point yesterday where he was like, this game doesn't mean nearly as much, mm-hmm. you know, to really anybody. You know, the last, last year Auburn was a legitimate contender if they had made the playoffs to actually win the college football playoffs. They were that good of a football team. They beat Alabama. They were that good of a team. And mm-hmm. UCF walked up and slaughtered them and outplayed them and beat them. You know, this LSU isn't that team this year. And also, I don't think UCF is the same team they were last year either. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, LSU isn't the same quality of team Auburn was last year. Auburn should have been in the college football playoff last year. They got, they got, they got shafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. LSU just isn't the same quality. So, yeah, I yeah. got UCF in a close one. And the other co- uh, college football playoff matchup we got, it's a good oh, one. We got the two Heisman Trophy uh, candidates, mm-hmm. or one winner, Alabama with Tua and Oklahoma with Kyler Murray. Who, who you got? Who you guys the got? Saban Dynasty Falls. Like, <gasps> this happens oh. this weekend. Kyler Murray and his Oklahoma team will run all over this Alabama defense. They don't have the speed on the outside to stop Kyler Murray. They haven't faced anybody like this kid in years. He is going to destroy this defense. Like nobody has seen that defense get destroyed. Tua is going to have a kind of a letdown of a game. He struggled in the last game he played. He's going to struggle again today. I don't believe he's fully healthy. Um, maybe Jalen Hurts is actually going to be put in the game. That's how bad Tua is going to play. Well, you know so what? he's already said that he's at 80 to 85 percent. He's not even 100 percent going into this game. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I think things are kind of lining up and I think Kyler Murray is going to be the guy that puts him over. Also, I don't think I, I don't know if Kyler Murray is going to play in the NFL. Um, but I think if he really wants to go on with baseball, this is his shot to do. This is his shot to kind of like be a football legend. Like mm-hmm. cement his legacy. Yeah, he can see yeah. a legacy in this playoffs right now. And then go to baseball, and he can make all the money. He can be healthy. There you go. Have a great life. But I think this is his time right now to submit his football legacy, and I think yeah. he'll do it. Ooh, I'm so excited. I love this Oklahoma team, dude. I am a huge fan of this Oklahoma team just because of the way that Lincoln Riley has schematically formatted the offense around Kyler Murray. Like he, I think I'm most excited. Where's this game being played? Miami. Yes, Miami. Hard so Rock I think, Stadium. Like, 
there's going to be so many Oklahoma fans there. It's I think it's going to be a border like Alabama fans do travel, but there are a lot of people. This is the first time in a while that they're like, this could be a loss for Bama. This could, especially because two is hurt, like he's not healthy, hundred percent. In my the way that I see this game going, Oklahoma comes out firing on all cylinders on offense. Their defense, especially their secondary, has been a struggle all year, all year long. They've been an issue. Uh, they've been an issue against themselves. But I don't think Tua is going to exploit it early on. He's going to be he's going to miss targets. He's going to try to get out of the pocket, and the the front seven is going to come at him. Like this team is fired up to get to the national title game. I almost feel like it's for Kyler. Like, let's let's do this for Kyler. Let's get this win. Um, Kyler's going to do it for Kyler. Um, Lincoln Riley, he's got a lot to prove in this game too. Um, I think I give it until the second or third quarter that Jalen Hurts comes in the game, but it's going to be too late. They'll be down by a couple scores, and once Oklahoma's offense gets rolling, it's hard to stop them. It, yeah. Like if if you catch Kyler running on the outside, you're not going to stop. Like you can't stop the guy. He's so freaking good outside of the pocket. Um, this is a pick more based on optimism and because I just want to see Alabama lose. Um, if I'm looking at logistically, <sighs> Tua or Jalen's going to tear apart Oklahoma secondary. But it'll be too late. It's going to be too late. Um, I got like this game winning off of like a field goal. It'll be like 31-28 or something like that down to the last second. It's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be a classic. Chris, what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I absolutely think it's going to be a classic. We're going to remember for a long time. Um, I, it's going to be a shootout. But my only concern with Oklahoma is their defense. Mm -hmm. They give up too many points uh, to even mediocre teams. Um, but I think Kyler Murray is going to have an amazing game. I think Tua is actually going to have a really good game. But unfortunately, I hope, it's, I hope I'm wrong. But I think Bama is going to win. And I think they may even do like a ridiculous two-point conversion at the end to just put them ahead with like sure. less than two minutes to go or something like that. Yeah, do something stupid that no one here is gonna like. I'm sure it'll happen. It just happens. It happens every year. Oh, Nick Saban. It's so predictable. Yeah. Listen, I, God, I I hope Oklahoma wins. Listen, man, I am always completely. But unbiased with my views <laughs> and all my opinions here on the Lockdown Podcast, Alabama will lose this football game next. <laughs> I like the pick. I like it. I, I love the blue. Um, listen, uh, we've we've got a we've got a couple minutes to spare. That was a great talk. I was I'm I'm really happy that this episode, guys. Um, that last episode of 2018. Last yeah. episode ended with a bang. I wanna. End with one more topic, though, not football related. Let's end it with. Let's end it on a high note. Yeah, LeBron hurt his groin uh, on Christmas Day against the Warriors. Los Angeles still pulled out the win. What are your thoughts? LeBron, the test came back. He's going to miss a couple games, uh, probably five to six games. Still early in the season. What are your thoughts? My opinions have been changed. I'll share them after you guys have, have uh, will share yours. But what are your thoughts on the Lakers as a whole now that LeBron's sitting out for a couple games? I love it. I yeah. love this. I, I want to see these guys. You got all these young guys who don't really have a clear defined role yet in the NBA, mm -hmm. and then you have somebody in Rajon Rondo who's a great leader. He helps establish roles for guys. We're all different than LeBron. LeBron's like you guys are spot up shooters. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> you know. Um, 
with Rajon, it's a little different. He let, you know, guys are going to play their game. And then Rajon will just kind of be the catalyst there that basically acts as like the Jason Kidd like point guard. Yeah, I, I like this. I don't think they're going to win every game. I think they'll win one or I think they'll lose one or two. They play some they play some easy teams. They also play a couple tough teams in this yeah. stretch. I got their schedule up here. They oh, have, okay. Yeah. Uh, in the next five games, they have four home games. Um, nice. Their only road game is at Sacramento, and they also host Sacramento. Yeah. And then they have the Clippers, the Thunder, and the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, so. they, they may lose two of those, maybe three. They'll be, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll be, be fine. fine in the grand yeah. scheme of things. But I, I think it's a good. I think it's. I think it's good to give these guys a role. Yeah. Um, have Alonzo and Rajon play together. See if that works out. They haven't really been able to do that because LeBron's the ball handler. So when you have, Le, you know what I mean, you have Lonzo, Rondo, and LeBron, it doesn't work at all. But see if Lonzo and Rondo can work together. That might be fun to watch. See, you know, try to see if Brandon Ingram what he can do by himself without LeBron out there. I Kuzma. like it. Yeah, Kuzma. Yeah. yeah, let's see what they can do. I'm excited. Their, their center, uh, I, I don't know his first name, but Zubac. Zubac. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> He's a I, boss, I, I, dude. He's good, man. And then they got JaVale McGee. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, I think I think it'll be good for the young guys to play together and get some experience and get ready for when LeBron comes back, because LeBron needs those guys' help. Mm-hmm. You know, like when they get deeper in, in in the in the season into the playoffs, these guys need to produce for LeBron yeah. to make him happy. So interesting stat that I read on Twitter recently: this is the fastest team, like literally the fastest team LeBron has ever been a part of in his career, like that. If we're looking at the pace of play, his teams have averaged about 90, 90.5. This, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what that actually means. But if we're looking at the grant, at the overall, so 90, 95, 90, 90.5, this team's at 105 pace. Again, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I don't know what but it's a about. huge jump. But it's a huge jump in saying that, that I guess their pace of play that they're playing at is the fastest of his career. And, and when I was watching them, I haven't watched a whole lot of full basketball games this year, minus Celtics games. But when I watched that Golden State-Los Angeles game, I'm like, this team is moving. They're booking it up and down the field, uh, field court. Um, so I think I, I, I've been roasting Los Angeles all season, all preseason, saying they're not making if, if they make the playoffs, they'll come in as a six seed, seven seed. Listen, they're sitting at what, the fourth seed right now? They're number four in the West, I think. I this, believe this, so. This is gonna be their time to prove their significance in the West. This is gonna be their chance to say, LeBron is our guy, he's our boy, but we'll we're we can survive with him off the court for if, if we're looking at a healthy LeBron. He can go hit hit the bench for a little bit, and we'll be all right. We're not so, Cavs version two. You know this. Yeah. This is where they have to prove it. And Luke Walton, man, he's he's got to start. I mean, like he's been he's been doing a good job, but Magic Johnson doesn't like him as a coach. He Magic Johnson didn't bring him in. That was before Magic was there. And there's yeah. been rumors all over the place about Luke Walton being fired this year or at the end of the year. So this is this is where Luke Walton's been. He's got to be like this. He's got to prove himself now. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't have LeBron. He's got to he's got to draw plays. He's got to find someone that's going to hit big shots. He's got to he's got work to do. But. Yeah, the Lakers are number four to answer your question. Okay, that's what I thought. Two and a half games back for number one. It's it's going to be exciting to watch as it goes down the rest of the season. Hey, and you're like, whoa, where else can I find the homies? 
We are on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, PocketCast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Peace out, boys. Go, boys. Go, boys.